it's it's completely taking me away from my reality and that's why I love games so much and I know that's why so many people out there play video games it's because it's 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 not reality we are literally playing something else whether it's a role play like you know RPG role playing is something else a different character you're immersing yourself into what you're playing in front of you and that's why so many people love it what we do here is go back 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 And we're back. And we are back with another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast coming at you on a Monday morning. Today is the 30th of November and according to the old Knuckles nursery rhyme, 30 days has November. Am I right? You're right. You're, you are correct in that. Uh, we, this is, it is the last day. It is the last day of the month. And uh, that, that means something, doesn't it? The, the, the past month of, on what we have been doing with this podcast. Um, it does it does uh, yeah yeah uh november is 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 coming to an end no november is done and uh our journey over the past four episodes uh previously is uh drawn to a close and i must say it has been an absolutely brilliant month to be doing a platform like this uh, if you agree i think it, it's just been uh so rewarding in so many different ways yeah, definitely. I think, as we've said before, we wanted to talk about mental health for a long time. And I think it's been so nice to be actively involved in Movember Conversation in a, in a platform different to Movember Fundraising and, and the, the general Movember stuff that goes on. And, and that's why, to be honest, I haven't been so concerned about the fundraising specifically like i set a yeah. goal when yeah. i'm probably around the area of the goal but i think the conversation stuff is is just as as important as actually raising funds for movem foundation but yeah absolutely it's been a fantastic month um particularly for us doing four episodes uh, on mental health i'm really stoked about the, sort of the range of topics that we that we covered and and last week's um first first time that we really had proper guests on the show having a four-way conversation i mean it was an absolute yeah. disaster to edit let's bring edit. the audience behind the curtain <laughs> four people was way more difficult than two people especially when you're recording on four different mics but the conversation itself we yeah. hope was yeah. was enlightening i know that you and i both both really enjoyed getting some more perspectives on and yeah i think this november month has just been so positive generally for my personal mental health i know your mental mm. health the mental health of of people around us in terms of the the conversation i mean it doesn't mean that you can't still have struggles in the month of november but i feel really positive about active participation in november definitely more so this year than than ever before for me personally oh yeah no yeah uh, as you said I, i'm exactly the same i'm, I'm right there with you uh, it's you know last year was was definitely still a difficult year for myself mentally but I felt like this year with everything that's gone on and and really dedicating this past month with this podcast um being able to just draw attention to it and you know like you said before just just have that conversation and and that's something that I I really struggled with previously is actually having a conversation about how I'm feeling and and how other people are feeling and things like that so it's nice to be able to put the time um and 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 love and support into into other people as well you know and for people listening in if if you did get anything out of these past four episodes then 
great, you know, uh, and we're still here for more conversations, you know, it, just because Movember is up doesn't mean we, we stop talking about our mental health and things. And look, me and James will keep on checking in with each other all the time every week. So um, keep up those conversations, talk about how you're doing, ask people how they're doing, because it's, it's important. It's important just in the sense of human connection as well. You know, it's, an, it's, it's good to hear how other people are doing, but it's also nice to, to know that people are also thinking about you as well. So yeah, for thank sure, you, everyone. For sure. And I think, um, you know, after having had a four weeks in a row of talking about mental health today and the rest of the episodes for the, the year are going to be on completely different stuff. I mean, it's important yeah. to put a certain <laughs> amount of time on that, but also, you know, there's, there's other stuff to talk about and you don't have to always be talking about, about mental health. It's good to be able to put some focus on some other more, more, I guess, light topics, um, yeah. which is something that we're going to do today over the next few weeks and sort of completely shift the podcast back in, in a different direction. But we did just want to cap the, the Movember month and say, you know, thank you to people that have responded to our conversations about mental health. Um, and obviously those four episodes are going to be there for the foreseeable future. So if you missed one and you want to jump back to it at, at a, another time, obviously go ahead. But, but we haven't, we haven't even asked, man, how, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm well. I'm 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 I've settled in the the past week for being back here in Auckland and just really getting to work and and things back into the routine. Um and getting my cat back, man. Oh, honestly. So mum looked after my cat for 2 weeks and I got her back on Friday and she's only been home for about 3-4 days now, but I just didn't re- when I came home and she wasn't here, I just didn't realize how much of an impact she really has in in my bubble and in, in my in my space. Um, so yeah, man, oh, I've been having some catch up cuddles for sure, um, and she's been quite receptive, which has been quite nice and uh, 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 validating of our uh, love and friendship for each other. <laughs> um, but no, I, I am. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm excited for December. I mean. Look, Christmas is something that rolls around every year, you know, and it's not something that I go wild for. Um, I know some people do. Christmas is the is the thing. Um, but for me this year in December, you know, it's actually quite nice. My family's decided not to do any presents this year. Um, it's been a really hard year for, for everyone, really. So we've just decided that, no, on Christmas Day, we're just going to be together, eat food, drink, and not worry about presents. So I'm actually really looking forward to that kind of energy and vibe this year. So something to look forward to. So uh, I'm, I'm ready for the next month, man. Yeah. Nice, bro. I love that about the presents thing. I, I've definitely thought about that this year. I think it's the same with birthdays. You know, I've had a birthday recently. Yeah. You get, you start realizing that presents don't mean as much as getting to spend time with the people that you want to spend time with. Yeah, um, exactly. Especially if you're in big group situation where it's pretty hard to balance out level of, of present giving. I mean, it's never been yep. a big part of my family's vibe. I mean, I feel like I was incredibly privileged growing up with, with getting presents at Christmas and mm. Santa, mm. you know, that sort of thing. But mum and dad aren't, don't lean that heavily into that. Um, and I think you're right. I'm similar this year at Christmas. I'm looking forward to just being at home, mum and dad 
probably yeah, enjoying quite a few brews. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, just to ask, I, mean, I hope this is, you're on the question this week, I hope this isn't your question. How do you feel about the early Christmas stuff? Because I'm pretty sure Wellington had its Christmas parade yesterday. And I was like, yep. what the hell? I understand that people were so excited about Christmas, but I'm like, yeah. this is what creates Grinches. It's literally not even December and the Christmas parade's on. I, I'm I'm not for it at all. I'm not for it. Uh, I mean, in America, was it they wait for Thanksgiving kind of thing, yeah. and then Christmas starts. Um, yeah, Wellington had their Christmas parade on Saturday, and Auckland had theirs yesterday. Um, I did not attend. Uh, uh, Christmas parades never really been a thing for me, to be honest. Um, and I'm not for it. If Christmas trees go up before December, get out. I don't want to see it. Yeah, uh, it I saw one happen. the other day. I went for one yeah. of my one of my move for November <laughs> walks, and I saw one, and it was what, like the twenty fifth, and I was like, hell uh, no, hell no, 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 I, no, I, I'm I'm not for it. Like, don't get me wrong. Look, I get it. Celebrations, happy, you know, it's it is nice to have a tree and lights and presents under the tree and ruddy ruddy ra. But it's not December yet. This 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 December should be. I mean, December, you've at least got thirty days of having a tree up. Uh, before that or after that it shouldn't be around it shouldn't be around um so no i i'm uh, no christmas carols as well i work in a a mall i say a mall but it's not really a mall if you've been to commercial bay you know um but i every now and then i'll hear a little christmas song come on and i'm like (coughs) slowly dying inside um i've already we've already talked about it at work that we will not be playing any christmas songs um, nice. It's just I, I don't. It's just not. It's just not my vibe, eh? It's just not my nice. vibe. Maybe once upon a time. I mean, I remember being in like primary school, and we went to this hall, and I was singing. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth because there was three of us in the class that didn't have our two front teeth. You know, like maybe younger vibe like that. But now I'm like, nah. I'm. I, I I've got. I mean, I could talk about Christmas for <laughs> for a whole episode. Which I we mean, might it is, get to, it's maybe. ironic. We're talking about it early. We could have <laughs> yeah, just boycotted talking Actually. about it. But I just it was in my head yesterday because we drove back into Wellington and I saw Lampton yeah. Key closed public event. I'm like, oh no, why, why? Anyway, that's it. We're anti anti early why? Christmas. Why the plug stops there. We're done. We'll see you in yep. like a week minimum, probably two, three. See weeks. you soon. <laughs> um, have three. you been watching <laughs> anything new of interest recently any new music any shows on the horizon any releases you're interested in from a tv film theater music perspective yeah yeah um so i haven't caught up on the crown yet um and it, it's funny because my my grandma has she watches netflix and stuff quite regularly now you know she just goes and chills in bed and watches shows so she's already finished the queen's gambit and she's finished all of the crown as well and i'm like man i gotta catch up um so i still need to watch the fourth season of the crown which i'm excited for um and i've started watching the queen's gambit um and i need to Mm. finish that um and oh i did i did the other night watch the next season of um jack whitehall and father travel the world have you have you watched that at all no never even heard of it do do you know the comedian jack whitehall uh, I know of him. I can picture him, him in my head, but that's yeah, about it. Yeah. 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 So him and his father have this show where they go to different parts of the world and they just do things together. So it's basically two posh guys, one 
super posh, which is dad, um, who like absolutely idolizes Winston Churchill. Um, and then you've got Jack Whitehall, which is who is posh, but like a rugged comedian, not that smart posh man. <laughs> so, so you've got these two Brits traveling brutal, around the world. Brutal review. I'm oh, sorry, 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 Jack. Sorry, Jack. Um, but yeah, the, these two two Englishmen traveling around the world, um, and Jack pretty much just puts his dad in like different like scenarios and positions and things like that. And their dynamic is so polarizing, but it's actually a really funny watch. So if you like travel shows and you I don't know like polarizing dynamics of different people and how they interact in different situations give it a watch because it's 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 very funny i think you know obviously yourself being living over in the uk for a while and and stuff maybe you might appreciate some of the british humor and everything that's going on um but it's it's very good so me and mum watched the latest season of that only it was only two episodes in the season an hour long very easy watch they're down in australia which i think was another kind of cool watch of what they were doing you know but closer to home um so yeah nothing like too you know intelligent or you have to think really hard it's literally just a little bit of comedy and a little bit of travel and it was very mm. entertaining it was very entertaining add it to the list add it, add to, the it list. to the list add it to the list um, what, what, what about yourself what are, what are you what are you doing at the moment yeah i mean i've die dive dove divin divin i'm i <laughs> I, yes, I've divin back into um, Ozark, which I'd watched the sort of fir- oh. like first four or five episodes of maybe like, I think during lockdown was when I started watching it. Yes, and then I remember you talking about it. So often happens, drops off. Um, but I've convinced Fran to come back on board. So we're watching from the start again. And nice. Oh, it's just as good. I mean, I haven't caught up to new episodes yet, but. Yeah, definitely a show that just incredible writing. The, the casting is fantastic. Um, and one of those shows where I'm just, I guess I go like, because the the Ozarks is um, sort of a lake area in Missouri. Mm. So a lot of it is very scenic. And it's just one of those shows where I go, wow, how did they get all these shots? Like it must have yeah. just taken so much time and money and crew and but it's a beautiful show and uh Fran and I went to Martinborough for um a, about a day and a half this weekend and so having gone out of Wellington then coming back and sort of watching a show that's sort of set somewhere else where the characters are relocated from Chicago to the Ozarks I don't know there's something about watching TV or film that kind of relates to something that you're doing that like done. i feel like yeah, if you yeah, yeah. move to a big city and you start watching a you know new york crime drama or something like that just because we'd gone away to then watch a show that's set somewhere more rural i was like yeah yep yeah, this is the vibe yeah. we've been having this weekend so ozark um is what i'm watching at the moment i've nice. just had a random thought of a recommendation that i haven't watched for ages but i did want to mention because it's one of the best things i've seen in the last year that I've never heard anyone else talk about because it's kind of, I don't know, not not critically acclaimed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's this TV show set in the UK called Hunted. It's a reality TV show. You know, I'm big into into reality TV. Yep, yep. I have have not watched it, but I've seen clips of it. I I know the premise of the show. The premise of the show. Um, So the general premise for anyone who's unaware is essentially it's a, 250,000 pound cash prize 10 people um sort of 
have to evade, I'm saying in quotation marks, the law. Um, basically, their goal is to stay undetected by the people chasing them for, I think it's roughly a month, like 28 days. Uh, often people are in teams of two, so it might, similar to the Amazing Race, you know, it might be the father-son duo and and the, the two sisters, and then sometimes people are going solo. Basically, they don't know where they are starting in the country, and they just have to try and evade the the law which is represented by former like secret service people that have mm. access to cctv all over the uk and traffic cameras and all those sorts of databases and yeah it's just a fascinating premise because it's these people just have to try and figure out how they're going to evade the the hunters for a month yeah. and the hunters are allowed to you know go to their family's homes and tap tap their you know family communications and and all the people that are trying to win the money are given a a one debit card with a certain amount of money on it with the expectation that if you ever use it they'll track you to the terminal so if you ever need money for anything and people just go about it so differently some people just try and hide in the cities where it's obviously there's lots of cctv but it's so busy some people like flee straight to the countryside Mm. um but it's also quite a wholesome character study on people, I suppose. I mean, the best mm. season that I've I've seen, and I won't spoil it, but basically there was a father and, and a son and they didn't have a very strong relationship and that was part of why they, they were doing it. And uh, if I remember correctly, the son was on the uh, autism spectrum. And so mm-hmm. he was saying that it's hard for him to meet people and have conversation with strangers and make friends. And his dad and he and his dad had always had a bit of a, uh, an imperfect relationship because of that. And you see from the start of the show to through the middle of the show where their relationship just gets so much more solid because they're making these decisions together. And then, I mean, I will spoil this one thing. Basically at one point they decide to split up, which would have been unthinkable for these two people. And this, the dad's just like, no, you need to go we need to split up we'll be stronger and you know double the chance of winning the money and basically every season it comes down to the end of these people trying to find the extraction point to be mm. to be jumping on the boat to, to leave and the, it's just great reality tv and i think That's because cool. i've always had a fascination with the like if you had to try and you know escape you know escape. i think it goes into yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. zombie apocalypse type, type <laughs> yeah so true evasion type thing that you what would you do? Would you go to the the forest or would you hide in the city or do you, would mm. you stay at home? Cause they'll never, exp- anyway, hunted is a great reality TV show. Um, if you're looking for something light that will grab you in and you're interested in the whole sort of running around the UK, trying to evade, evade the law. It's, it's so great. I highly recommend it in a completely different way to say, say Ozark but it just came into my head when you were talking about Jack Whitehall and his dad and I may forget it if I never mention it again so that's my recommendation nice nice hey great recommendation I, and I know what you mean about reality TV I'm exactly the same I've got a soft spot for it there's been something else I've been uh, finding clips of I won't go into it now um, but yeah I, I definitely know that vibe um, but hey to keep keep rolling keep rolling through this uh, through this episode uh, I'll, um, I'll I'll break up before we get into the main topic topic with, with my question uh, it's, it's quite a, I don't think I know the answer, but I think I might, but, um, I've been watching a lot of, um, have you ever heard of, um, David Point, 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 David Point, El Presidente, Barstool Pizza Review? Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. 
I I have been watching his clips non-stop for the past two days. I've watched him before, but it's just when I get on Facebook and it gives me the recommended uh, videos, it's just pastel pizza, pastel pizza. And I've been watching so much of that and I absolutely love it. I love his demeanor and, and, and how he goes about giving reviews and how he interacts with people. So my, my question is, what's your, what's your go-to pizza? What, what's your, what's your standard? What, what will you order? What's your go-to? A great question. Before I answer it, have we talked about one bite pizza reviews before? One of your pizza reviews? No, no. The Dave. It's called One Bite Pizza Reviews. The Dave Portnoy Barstool Pizza thing. Have we ever talked about? Have it we before? talked about? It I watch before? it religiously. Talk- I watch it have religiously. We? I I don't know if we have. Maybe it's just coincidence. Yeah, man. I watch those all the time. I love them. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. It's so yeah. good. I uh, once we finish this, I'm gonna have to send some stuff through to you because there's some absolute okay. gold like from years ago that you might not have seen. But to back, back okay. to your question about go to yeah, pizza, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually got quite good at making pizza over the last few years. Uh, mm-hmm. I highly recommend investing in a pizza stone if you're someone that likes making your own pizza because it makes any homemade dough way, 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 way better. Um, and having owned a pizza stone at various places over the last few years. I, how I feel about pizzas changed because I feel like I can make really, really good. I don't want to say like deluxe pizza, but mm-hmm. basically it's rare for me to go out and buy a pizza that's in the medium to expensive bracket. So when mm-hmm. I'm going for a go-to pizza, it's almost always something on the cheaper end. Like I'm way more down Domino's end than I'm Hell's because I think in terms of bang for buck, Domino's yep. is so so affordable whereas hell's it can, i mean it can be a treat but i can make pizza dough for nothing and have yep. it be in that kind of realm mm-hmm. so i'd say my go-to pizza I, I have locked it in this year from domino's five dollar pizza um the new deep base i've never been a deep base person in the past <gasps> but their deep base is like just way better than their standard uh, yeah, I agree. Barbecue base rather than tomato sauce. Not a huge Ooh. fan of of a standard pizza shop yep. tomato sauce base. Um, mm-hmm. So I go barbecue, simple pepperoni, and then I use my free uh, add-ons to add a aioli swirl and oregano. Five dollars pick up, bang. And if and if it's made fresh and you pick it up, bro, oh, so good. Um, oh. Nice. I'm more I'm more leaning towards vegetarian pizzas generally at the moment, like especially if I'm making mm-hmm. them myself. So I think if you make a good dough, then actually you can make vegetables sort of sing a lot. I'm really big into potato rosemary pizzas. Obviously, margaritas pretty great. Oh. Um, but if I'm buying pizza from a place, it'll be Domino's and it will probably be pepperoni with those sort of afflictions. Yep. Um, yeah. What nice. about you? Yeah, it's, it's so interesting you talk about that because I'm on the complete other opposite spectrum. Eh? I, I am, I am, a, I am a bougie man, and I love my hells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I, I don't know why. Like, I, I mean, I had, I think it's because I had Domino's so much when we were going through uni, bro. Like, I, I was getting Domino's all the time at Glenmore Street when we were there in town. It was just always, always Domino's, and then. And then I just discovered Hell's way more. And it, it became 
obviously not getting pizza as often. So when we did get Hell's, it was okay because it was a bit more of a, it's a splash, it's a treat. We're getting pizza, it's Hell's. Um, and controversial because I know not everyone likes this and I, I've talked to a few people that do not like this type of pizza. Um, but my, my go-to pizza at Hell's is the Pandemonium, which is the chicken and cranberry. Um, I know a lot of I people. I knew you were going to say chicken and cranberry. Yeah, yeah. It's not not based on knowing you, but when you said controversial, I was like controversial mm, chicken yeah. And cranberry. Yeah, I know. And not everyone likes cranberry on the pizza, and I and I completely get it. But for me, I don't. I just chicken cranberry camembert. It's just so good. So it, that's basically the three ingredients. Obviously, with mozzarella and then the um, pizza sauce. But what I do is is I I endow it as well with a few extras. I chuck gherkins on there. Love me some gherkins. Gives it a little bit wow, of crunch. This is all over the yep. place. I'm fascinated. Yep. yep. Chuck some gherkins on there. And then I also add uh, cream cheese as well. So, okay. <laughs> what is this pizza? <laughs> so, you, so it's got camembert, mozzarella, and cream cheese on it. <laughs> Three different types of cheeses. Um, and then, yeah, gherkins, cranberry, uh, chicken. It's uh, Sometimes I'll add bacon if I want to, but that's if I'm feeling really up to it. That's a mad order, man. I mean, the good thing is it's so out there that I'm not saying no one's going to want to steal a slice because everyone always wants a slice of pizza. <laughs> but if you're like, oh, it's this, you're probably safe in your in your yeah, true. your weird your weird bubble. <laughs> um, we should say for anyone that's not listening from New Zealand, you probably have no idea what Hell's is. It's kind of true. it's a New Zealand brand pizza place. Um, it is franchised, so it's all over New Zealand. It's not like a sort of one stop shop just in Wellington. Um, and the price is pr- you're probably looking at like what 14 to- oh yeah I can, oh it's a, you can get small the small ones and they're cheaper yeah. but i think honestly they yeah maybe like 15 to 24 depending on what kind of pizza you want because they got big thin thin crust ones which are like 24 yeah. bucks but i think the standard kind of deluxe range is about 19.20 so it is it yeah. is more expensive for sure yeah yeah i mean we won't do currency conversion for every single country yeah, where true, we have listeners true. but you get you get the sense of say roughly twenty dollars new zealand compared to as i was saying five dollars for dominoes um yep. they're just they're completely different beasts though and you know oh, if you're going to be ordering sure. from hell's i see no point in ordering the hell's hawaiian exactly you know, if you're going to be ordering yep. from somewhere slightly more expensive you might as well be doing a combination of of ingredients that is slightly more expensive so yep. so i'm yep. I don't hate on your pizza order or your usage of, of hells. It sounds sounds that you have developed your flavor over over yep. some time. But yeah, yep. I'm definitely down the other end of of just bog standard, particularly if it costs that just five dollars. But I understand. I understand the once you've eaten that for a long time and you're out of yeah. university and you have yeah. a job. There's something yeah. about you know. Yeah, Just, yeah. I've moved on yeah. to bigger and better things. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. No, hey, uh, th- th- thank you. I, 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 I need to start making my pizza more. I need to start doing it. Um, but that's that's on to next year. I've got big plans when it comes to food next year, and I think a, a, an episode might be coming later in the month where we talk more about food. But yeah, stay tight now, on that one. Yes, exactly. But for now, we will move on to. I mean, we've been. Hey, look, this has been a big, big intro for us. We've been talking for a while, I know. but I, I know. we've had a lot to a lot to catch up on. But I mean, for me to to dive on to what we're talking about this week, um, we're we're talking about gaming. 
we're talking about video games, something that I'm very passionate about and I've got a lot of love and time for as well. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, I, I did mention that it's been a big part of my uh, mental health in the sense of growing up and, and things like that of, you know, growing up as an only child, I spent a lot of time playing video games. I, look, I, I had friends, I did, and I went outside. I, I was very much a nature head. Um, but I also love just sitting in front of a screen and playing video games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I mean, as, as James has, uh, told me before, he's not that well, uh, adversed when it comes to video games. So, you know, you might be hearing my voice for a lot for the rest of the episode. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a really big part of my life. Um, and I mean, first off, I just wanted to kind of say that video games for me is, is escapism. It's a really big form of escapism. You know, when I get home from work, I, you know, obviously wash away the day, you know, do the, do the cooking and and things like that. But at at night I am, I am gaming and it is literally taking me away from my reality and my world. And I'm going all in on the thing that I'm playing, whether I'm playing with friends, whether I'm playing by myself and, and playing a kind of adventure game or so it's, it's, it's completely taking me away from my reality. And that's why I love games so much. And I know that's why so many people out there play video games it's because it's 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 not reality we are literally playing something else whether it's a role play like you know rpg role playing is something else a different character you're immersing yourself into what you're playing in front of you and that's why so many people love it so i just wanted to to start there and say that's a a really big big thing for me when it comes to gaming is 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 what what that feeling what that does for me um i guess yeah i should say at the top that part of the reason why I'm interested to hear Matt talk about gaming is, yeah, it's just something that I have no real personal history with. Um, I, the first time I had a console was 2012 and it was like a PS2. As I've said, I don't know when the PS2s came out, but basically like I got a console years and years and years and years and years after it was released. Um, I think I still own it. I think it's somewhere, but yeah, it was just growing up. It was never something that was a part of my childhood. And I don't know if it was my parents not wanting me to game or maybe I never asked them for one. It it doesn't really matter. Just, it's not something that I was sort of enmeshed with at, I guess that age of, I mean, what age do you think that kids start getting interested in? And that I'm at least from our age, I don't know what it's now like nine ten later than that as in like me growing up yeah yeah I, not I, even I would, necessarily yeah, I would say around, but that age where kids start going i want to play video games yeah i'd probably say around nine or ten for nine, sure ten yeah 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 i mean i think i i think i started quite early maybe around seven eight i mean that's only like a few years difference to that but um yeah i, I had a playstation one you know, um, and PlayStation One was released in 1994, so just before just before we were brought into this earth, that was released. Um, so, video game culture, at least in, for for us when in our generation we were born, was like on the rise. Obviously, Nintendo and things like that had been around for a little while, but PlayStation had like just started up. Um, so, yeah, I had a PlayStation. Um, PlayStation 2 came out in 2000, so you were 12 years behind the ball on the PlayStation 2. Um, that's close. But, you know, it's just no, that's that's fine. close. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, 
so yeah, I had a PlayStation, PlayStation Two. I also got a PSP, which is a PlayStation Portable. I came out believe the- it or not, I had a PSP. That's the Yo. one thing I, that's. I guess that <laughs> would count as a console in a sense. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. As and like a portable console, that yep. was the one console that I I had. But again, I think I only had a few games on it. I seem to distinctly mm. remember having two films um because psp could play films they I could play films that being, it was that being so a big good thing. Yep. um i robot and oh. mr and mrs smith oh my god with the two films that i had on psp yo but yeah, I, had... I just i think i didn't use it for for that long nah i, I i'm the same I, I i was very much like road trips and things like that because me and mum were traveling a lot um between um auckland and and tiamudu hamilton rada rada ra. we were you know we liked our road trips um i had charlie's angels <laughs> and i had knight's tale as well gold uh, yeah knight's tale still one of my favorites but no i i i distinctly remember the psp for playing those movies um I also had an Xbox as well. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm for the people that have already noticed, I'm mentioning PlayStation quite a lot. Um, and James, whether you know or not, but there is a massive rivalry between PlayStation and Xbox. Um, now, I, I had an Xbox growing up. I did. I remember one Christmas I got the uh, original Xbox and it was a platinum silver edition. It was see-through. You could see through into the, into the Xbox itself and it was so cool. And I remember the Xbox, obviously, so much for Halo. Um, it's probably the only thing I really played on Xbox was Halo. Um, but then I gave it up. PlayStation, it was all me. I had, a, I then had the PlayStation 3. I got the PlayStation 4. I now have a PlayStation 4 Pro, which is different to a PS4. Um, and then the PS5 has just been released uh, this year as well. And I do not have it. And I am very upset about that. But um, look, I oh, I could I could I could rant about this for a very long time on how I don't have a PS5 right now. Um, after just me being a, a big fan of PlayStation and what they do, I don't have a PS5. Sony have come out and they've basically been like, "Look, we made a mistake. We actually didn't realize how much hype there was going to be for the PS5." And it completely sold out across the world. It completely. And Sony are now in the process of making more PlayStation 5s because people like me have pre-orders for PlayStations without a PlayStation. Um, so, yeah, Sony have come out and been like, look, I'm sorry, it'll happen. And I think we're looking at February next year is when the next big release might happen. They might drop some on us in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, they, they did come out and admit that they made a mistake, not realizing that majority of the world was after this. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, PlayStation through the years have been a really big thing for me. And it continues continues to be a big thing. Xbox, I appreciate what you do and, and your specs and, and, and what you're about with your gaming. But for me, when it comes to PlayStation, I just, I love their content a lot more, you know, because PlayStation and Xbox have their own like exclusive content that they release. Um, and some people like, you know, your Halos, you know, like that kind of generation of gaming a little bit more. Um, with me, you know, like a big um, PlayStation exclusive is the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man game that's come out. Um, and... Oh, I can't think of another one right now, but I want to say God of War, but I don't think God of War is just a PlayStation exclusive. Anyway, 
I digress. I just love the content that that PlayStation brings out and what they do for the community a lot more. And, and obviously the people that I play with have PlayStations as well. I think that's another really big thing when it comes to gaming. You're obviously going to have a console that your friends have a console of. If all of your friends have Xboxes, then you're going to have an Xbox. If all of your friends have a PlayStation, you're going to have a PlayStation. And majority of the time growing up, and, and now specifically, people have PlayStations. So that's why I continue to play PlayStation. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's a that's a really big thing for people, PlayStation, Xbox. But then also there's the whole PC community as well. And we all know that the PC is the elite. They are the, like, I know, they, they are where it's at when it comes to gaming and, and what it's all about mouse and keyboard i can't do it and that's because i've played controller for my whole entire life i've had something in my hand so when it comes to keyboard and mouse i just can't do it one day maybe but now you are you are the elites and i i and i know that it's funny to me that the i guess the way i interpret the gaming community is you kind of at a certain point make a decision regarding what kind of console you're using be it pc be it playstation be xbox and then you're kind of you're sucked into that community for life like yeah sound dramatic but at a certain point you make a a decision and then you kind of end up down that road and i think it's funny because for people like myself outsiders people that don't game we would view you all within the same community but i I guess you're kind of the the sub pockets and sub genres are quite different based on the, the style of gameplay and the physical actions that, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm doing mouse and, and console <laughs> miming that no listener will, will ever see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess for me, I lump all of those. I mean, it sounds really bad. All of those people into the same group, but you know, as someone within that group, that there's massive variance based on what people play and I, I want to come back to the whole community stuff and professional gaming and esports but later but i guess a simple question i wanted to ask you is like how do you decide what to play there are so many yeah. games so even i remember back in the day when i had whenever i got that ps2 and i think i had like a fifa i had some kind of wrestling game some kind of cricket game i think i had maybe four games and even then i was like oh, which one do I play? And now there's thousands and thousands and thousands of new games, old games, games mm. that update every single year, different mm. genres of... How do you possibly decide to stay on one game for a while, move across to something else? I mean, I know there's big-time FIFA people, there's big-time 2K people that will exclusively play football games or basketball games or only play, I don't know, like call of duty but but for you personally how do you decide when enough is enough on one thing and how do you decide to dip your toes into because i remember that you were really big into um i can't remember what the uh rocket league you were into yeah into yeah yeah, yeah whereas you probably <laughs> haven't played that at all in the last year or nah. maybe a few times like i'm just yep. interested to hear you explain the kind of process of something new comes in you stick on it for a while and then you move on to something else yeah, I'm. I, growing up, I was always determined to clock a game. Um, now, when you when you clock a game, it means that you've finished it. You've done. You're a hundred percent. It's it, the game is over. So I always wanted to grab a game, completely finish it, and then move on to the next one. So like growing up, I played. It's, it's interesting you talking about the PS2, like how you're saying the cricket and FIFA and things. I don't play a lot of sports games at all. 
like I don't have FIFA. I've never played 2K. I, I've played like Don Bradman cricket kind of thing, but I don't have it myself. Those sports games I play more when I'm... When I was living with um, Finn down in Wellington, actually, shout out to Finn. Hey, Finn, how you doing, bro? Um, shout out to Finn when we were living together. We played FIFA all the time, and we loved it. And But that's because we always wanted to play. You know, it was that communal thing of playing FIFA on the same screen, two controllers going for it. Um, but for me, growing up, I played like Jack and De- Dexter, Ratchet and Clank, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Um, and I played like... All, all, all of them, like they all had multiple releases, different years, and I played absolutely everyone, and I finished absolutely every single game. Um, and so then those are all now, like storyline games, right? Like exactly, they're adventure. Yeah. And so they would they would be your and... uh, what you would say your your adventure games. Um, and yeah, so yeah, you go from like level to level, place to place. Um, I and i mean it's interesting me you know writing them down like jack and dexter and ratchet and clank are both kind of like buddy up um games as well you know well you have your your hero with a companion and i think growing up i always appreciated that that kind of dynamic of a game you're traveling with someone else who helps you in certain situations and that dynamic of playing it and play style was a little bit different to everything else um so i absolutely loved those games um, but now I'm way more into like first person shooters, um, and still, still very much into my adventure games. Like my big, my all time favorite series of all is, um, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, I've got absolutely every game on disc in my drawer, even from PlayStation 3. I don't have a PS3, but I've still got the hard copies because I appreciate the games so much. Um, the latest game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has just come out on PS5 as well. I am not going to play it until I have a PS5 because I know that if I play it on the PS4, I'm not going to appreciate it as much as for what it is because it's been, you know, for PS5 and that graphics and how it runs and things. So I've kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit there on on doing that. But yeah, Assassin's Creed is probably my all-time favorite. But I, as you were saying before, I love Call of Duty. But when it comes to like turning on my PlayStation and figuring out what to play, it's actually really hard, bro. I mean, obviously I can only play what games that I have, but sometimes I'll turn my PlayStation on and I'll be like, man, what do I feel like playing today? Do I feel like zombie? Do I feel like shooting? Do I feel like assassinating? Do I feel like swinging around New York City? Like it's, it's quite hard to figure out, but sometimes it'll you know if i'm playing with my friends um tane and rj i shouted them out last episode tane and rj hey guys we play every night we not every night but we play pretty much every night together um and we play a game called apex um apex came out a a few about a year or two ago and it's a first person shooter and it's a battle royale now battle royale is basically like your Fortnite. man that's one i haven't mentioned already Fortnite. i was really into Fortnite for a long time and then i dropped off that completely but it, it, it's quite easy to do because battle royale is basically you have like a hundred or so people that drop into one single map and the last player standing wins 
that's your battle royale uh, i know call of duty does it with um, 150 people so it's a lot more um and then you can obviously do squads duos um apex does it in squads of three so me tane and rj obviously squad of three we play every night and it, it it's a lot of fun uh, the reason i really like apex is because it's obviously a battle royale and shooting, but it's actually got a really rich storyline to it. So like all of the characters have their own um, backstory and all of the, the maps and, and things are connected. Things change on the map and, you know, it, they've got a really good way of keeping us invested in what's going on in the game, even though we are just shooting other people. Um, it's It's quite enjoyable to play and keep up with every season and story and and new legends and guns and and skins and all of this kind of stuff it's it's got a way of you know i know a lot of people just look at it as like you're just shooting people and i say no but it's so much more than that like it is there's so much more going on to this game than just shooting people um so yeah tane and rj um absolutely love those guys we play all the time and I think that's how one big thing for me that gaming has evolved over the years in the sense of trying to figure out what to play because a lot of the time it would just be me playing. So I'd be playing solo games, adventure games, really into those. But now that I have friends that are willing and want to play every night, it's more of the first-person shooters and things like that. Um, so just trying to absolutely wreck some noobs. Because <laughs> I guess back games. in the... I would say like back in the day uh technology wasn't so developed in terms of connecting people in different locations so gaming yeah. would have been a very much two people on the same couch type thing. yeah land whereas, yeah yeah whereas now because technology has developed so far in that way you'd be for people that are gamers i would say um that's just me guessing the vast majority of people that play games together are not playing in the same location yeah and something so like true. i don't know fifa nba 2k i'm sure there are professional esports in fact i know there are professional esports gamers who play those games against each other from different locations but to me the way i understand those sorts of games is it's always been a people in the same place engaging with the atmosphere of the same room Whereas it seems now that gaming has generally moved far more online and it's all about having your headset and your mic and engaging with people in different cities, different parts of the world. And I guess that's the whole point of the community, right? Like, I I don't know, your your friends, Tane and RJ, nice to know you, then meet you at some stage. Um, <laughs> but presumably your relationship with those guys is is continues to be fostered by the fact that you have this shared passion for something i mean yeah. if i go and play basketball with people on a sunday that's an in-person thing you yeah. and it's the same kind of atmosphere just placed in a different medium in this case some kind of video game and the what me method of communication isn't setting screens for each other and and high-fiving it's it's chatting to each other and and the mic but i guess like five ten years ago that wasn't a huge part of the gaming experience right so clearly that's changed massively 
Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And I, I think that's that's one thing growing up that I didn't have a lot of was exactly that, people coming over and and playing video games with me on the same screen. I remember the big part of it was usually when I went over to other people's places or parties and things like that. Like you were saying, there'd be like a, a PS2 or something going on and yeah, you, all of a sudden you just start jamming on a game. Um, it has, it, it, it's, it's completely changed that. Um, and I mean, to, to kind of bring back onto your point in the sense of esports um, and organizations and, and things like that, that's one thing I really appreciate with esports. And, you know, over in um, Asia, they have a really big, a really big following when it comes to League of Legends. Um, now, League of Legends is a PC game where, man, I can't remember the term for it. It's like an, MM, an MMO. I could be wrong when I say that. I can't quite remember. Um, but it's basically like a strategy game where you've got five on each team and the objective is basically to destroy the other team's base. Um, and over in over in Asia, they have a massive following, like, m- like millions. Wouldn't be surprised if it's billions, but millions. But basically these tournaments when it comes to esports is... They all come like stadiums. They absolutely fill stadiums, you know. You've got five on one side, five on the other side, all with their own computers, but they're all playing together and playing against each other. And people go and watch this, you know. They watch what they're doing. They're in front of them, but they watch on a big screen what they're doing. And and to me, like, for me as a gamer, like, that's beautiful in that sense of these people go and support this type of thing. I, I I remember when I was at work one time, um, eSports was on ESPN, and I put it on, and someone walked over and was like, oh, what the hell is this shit? Like, what? Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get video games. And it's like, well, why do you watch sport? And so, well, because it's enjoyable and, and, you know, and people are playing something. And it's like, well, it's exactly the same with eSports. The reason that we watch sports is because we're watching that's something that we appreciate, but people do it better. It's exactly the same with esports. I'm watching people play video games because they just do it better and it's enjoyable to, to me. So, like, I get the difference in dynamic of, like, physical activity and, you know, it's in person and things like that. But really, when you break it down, it's exactly the same thing. But as you were saying before, just in a different medium. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, to esports and things, it's it's absolutely growing. Like, they had a Fortnite World Cup um, uh, about a year or so ago. And, you know, the guy who won that... Um, he was a kid. I think he's only 15, 16 years old. And he won a million bucks just for playing a video game, for playing Fortnite. And his career is set up for the rest of it, you know? Like, there is so much opportunity when it comes to video games. And people just don't just don't get that exactly when it comes to sports. You can become a professional sports player and things like that. You can also become a fish, professional esports player and play from home you know and some people might think that's lazy or something like that but i'd like to see you try you know i'd like to see you pick up a controller and see if you can keep up with the rest of the world exactly the same with picking up a rugby ball or a football or a cricket ball you know so uh, i'm i'm all in the camp when it comes to professional professional esports because there's there's so much more than just sitting sitting down and playing a game i think something that is really interesting I guess analyzing my relationship with gaming is I feel like I was on the watching other people game bandwagon before it was a thing. 
not saying <laughs> yeah. I was, she found her esports, <laughs> but I remember ye- for years and years and years, people would always be like, do you want, you know, do you want to go? And I'd be like, no, I'm genuinely happy just actually watching yeah. the people yeah. who are good at the game play the game. And I think it's like you say about these stadiums filled with people watching, uh, you know, people do these, these tournaments. It would be exactly the same where if, if two chess grandmasters and Magnus Carlsen mm. or, you know, the, you know, the very best of people playing the world chess championship and people going to watch, you talk about the Queen's Gambit. It's exactly yeah. the same. People were going yeah. to watch a, a, I would potentially argue that, that a chess world tournament would be close to a league of legends tournament than a league of legends tournament as to, you know, some football world cup, for example, yeah. because I yeah. think it is, there's a higher proportion of mental ability and technique than physical. And I mean, for sure, to be honest, I would potentially raise questions at the term esports. I know, I know it's not, you know, the term sports is yeah, 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 yeah. all sorts of things. I remember <laughs> when we were in school, the whole quiz, the, the speech question of is chess a sport? My answer is no, it's not a sport. doesn't mean it's not a game. It's entertainment. Yep. It is strategy. Yep. For me, sports is as a physical thing, and yes, you can have the physical endurance, the the physical acumen of of using your fingers and thumbs in a certain Dexterity. way. Dexterity. <laughs> Throwing all that aside, like the definition of e sports itself, I'm totally on board, man. Like I I, I have watched more e sports on YouTube than I've gamed because sometimes yeah. I find it interesting. Yeah. I've watched those YouTube videos of those League of Legends tournaments and they're fascinating to me because they're of the, crazy. the atmosphere. You can see that people are super invested. And one thing that I did want to mention is my love of chess has certainly grown over the last year, even more so the last few weeks watching the Queen's Gambit. And I've watched YouTube videos of people breaking down mm. certain games. There's some kind of competition on at the moment that Magnus Carlsen on the world number one's in. I was watching them analyze those games and it's exactly the same. It's, it's, you as someone who's not the very best watching people who are the very best compete uh in a competition and i think that's is exactly the same as as the atmosphere of of sports you're going to watch the people at their best do the thing that they're great at similar extent to like concerts and stuff you're going to see people whose work and craft you appreciate do the thing that they're really good at um and yeah for sure if you can make money off it make money off it that's yeah. awesome um Ex- it must exactly. be so interesting for the parents of say the person that won the Fortnite tournament i mean to to massively come back to where we were weeks and weeks and weeks ago talking about the ethics of having children mm. um if you were to have children within the next however many years how would you feel about their relationship with with gaming because i guess something that i still I don't sit on the fence about is I can understand why parents don't want their kids in front of a screen for extended periods of time, because Mm -hmm. I think there is real dangers with eyesight and not experiencing the world and getting fresh air and all that sort of stuff. How would you feel as a parent with kids coming into the gaming community now, like what age would you think would be okay? Would you start them off on games that don't, have violence in them i mean just trying to put yourself in the perspective mm. of of because let's be honest a lot of the anti-gaming community is not our generation it's older people who don't yeah. understand all the positives of community and strategy and all that sort For of sure. stuff um what's your what's your thoughts on that 
Yeah, well, I, I think my, like, to, to start off, obviously, with, with me, I think my mum did a really good job in the sense of making sure that I wasn't on it all the time. I mean, she she was never, like, get off that thing, like, you know, like, you, you've you've spent too, too long on that. Like, I knew growing up when it was time to go outside, when it was time to not play, when it was time to play, and I could play. Um, so, uh, look, I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to be playing video games for the rest of my life, you know, you know, even before I have a kid, even when I do have a kid, I'm still going to be playing video games. So whether that's something that they're going to get immersed in, in the sense of watching me play, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed if I'm on the couch playing a video game and my, my little toddler is like running through the room. I mean, obviously, look, if I have to look after my child, I have to look after my child. <laughs> I'm not going to let them just wander around the house and ignore them. But like if if they want to sit and or watch or be interested in, in what's going on, then let them be interested. If they get to an age where they're like, I want to play, be like, yeah, cool. Like, play obviously i'm gonna um sensitize them in the sense of 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 what they um play in certain games and violence and things like that i think there's always an age where violence can become something where they can recognize the difference of reality versus non-reality you know Mm. um so obviously not going to push that into them um but like there are so many kids games that are available to play like puzzle games strategy games just fun all out like i mean like animal crossing you seen you seen animal crossing I've heard of it. I've, I'm not yeah. hugely aware of the internet, no, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's literally just like this little world where you run around and find things and build things and make your house and, and do all of these different kinds of things. It's almost like a Minecraft 5.0. It's not Minecraft, but it's that same kind of... You, you, you're building your world kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I, speak, I... Just to hold you up really quickly people have no idea about it can you speak to minecraft really quickly because i think that's a whole other (laughs) tension i mean think about like architecture that must must be inspiring new people who want to build stuff right yeah yeah i i watched a video where this team um did a uh i think they've been working on it for years like absolute years and they rebuilt um Oh, Lord of the Rings. Um, the where the where the king throws himself off. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah. city of Minas Tirith. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They 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 built that, and I watched a like a time lapse of them building it. Absolutely beautiful. Like they're literally just working in squares and obviously textures and things like that. But they built years making this thing. Um, and that's just it. Like Minecraft is, it's amazing what people have done. Like, you know, you can quite simply just run around and beat the game, but people have spent so many hours on that game. Like you're saying, creating things. I've seen people create like, um, death stars and, 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 and star destroyers from, from, um, from Star Wars. And it's, it's literally, it's just putting a different part of your brain on you know in the sense of you're, you're playing a game but it's also you're creating at the same time in a different format but you're creating like i was saying using squares like it's a, it's a crazy thing but minecraft i think is still the most i think it's the most successful game ever i think it's really? the most yeah i think it's i think it's still the most played um game uh, still ever 
I think like you know you you compare it to like GTA and things like that like Grand Theft Auto I, I think Minecraft is still one of the highest grossing games in the world yeah. um which is crazy because it's been around forever it's, it's been around like man I can't remember the year that it came out I think it was the 2000 I want to say like 2009-11 oh, I can't quite remember when it came out um, but I remember my young cousins they played Minecraft like all the time I dabbled in a little bit of Minecraft but I never had a PC so I could I never really appreciated it properly um, but yeah I, I watch people like people do Minecraft tournaments as well where they like battle each other um, and there's like speed runs and, and all of these different people are, are using Minecraft for different types of content. Um, and it's crazy. It is. It's crazy. I appreciate it, but it's not something that I go to and play. Once again, I think that's the thing with video games as well. It's like when I don't want to play a video game, I'll still quite happily watch someone like a, a whole like playthrough of a video game and i'm like yeah i'm satisfied i now feel like i have played that game even though i haven't but it, there's something still quite gratifying to that so i don't play minecraft but i can still quite happily watch people play minecraft as well yeah um, yeah yeah sorry as you i cut you before, off before i have absolutely watching, no idea where you're going people. but i thought um i thought minecraft's a really good case study of of a game that's sort of sits within its own i don't want to say it sits within its own niche but it's clearly one thing and I can genuinely mm. understand mm. the relationship between people, particularly young people who play Minecraft and potentially yep. gaining an appreciation for building architecture, structures, yeah. Yeah. textures. And yeah. how else are you going to continue to inspire people to become builders and architects? All of those, those professions that, that require people to come into them what a great new way that's very in line with you know 2010 2020 a new way of inspiring people that of the value and the beauty of those sorts of skills um, yeah which is why i cut you off and i'm sorry for doing that because i've no, probably no, no. interrupted wherever your thought was going before no it's, no it's good no it's good i i, I think you're, you're so right uh, playing video games literally makes you use a different part of the brain like you were saying creativity but also just like solving you know like as we were saying before strategy and stuff quite a lot of the adventure games that i like playing there'll be like a puzzle thrown in there and you've got to figure out how to get through this puzzle before getting on to the next thing or or finding things and i think that's a really useful skill for 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 kids to be able to do to just turn on a different part of their brain and and try and figure these things out in a different format. You know, it's all it's all problem solving when it comes mm. to video games. How are you, how are you going to get through the next situation to survive and and keep going on to the next one and get to the next problem and the next problem and the next problem? You know, there's a, there's a lot that can come out of it. I think so. When it comes to being a being a father one day, if they don't want to play video games, fine, I'll keep playing them. <laughs> like absolutely I'll fine. Play double. Yeah, um, if they want to pick up a controller one day and play with me, I will happily, happily let them play. But like I said, I'm not. I think growing up with video games and watching the culture and and like you were saying, you know, people that are anti games and video games and things. I think I would have a good balance on how to how to do that. You know, how to raise them right in the sense of still getting outside and and playing sports and if if they want to. But the thing is, look, if my kid doesn't want to play sports, fine. You know, like if uh, I think uh, it's we've we've come to that, you know, the ethics of having children and stuff. It's like, obviously, we want what's best for our kids. 
but also we still want them to enjoy what they want to do, whatever that may be. Um, you, you brought up an uh, interesting point with the, the kid that won the Fortnite tournament. I watched an interview um, of his dad, actually. They interviewed his dad and they were basically like, yeah, you know, like how did he get into video games and stuff? And he was like, well, he just did and I never stopped him. Like I never objected it. I let him play. And now he's one of the best Fortnite players in the world and he's won millions for it, you know? So it's like if we restrict our kids on the things that they want to do, then we're limiting what the, their potential is, you know? We don't know unless they go for it. I mean, if I have a kid that's a bloody, I don't know, <laughs> champion in video games, and I'll be a bloody the happiest father in the world because it's something that I appreciate and I can love and get behind with them. But it's the same with sports and creativity and theatre and film and whatever, you know? Like, I think that's a nice... It's a nice sub-genre of our creativity buzz that that Mm. we always talk about on this podcast is video games is still that you look at a game like minecraft it's creative you know but in a whole different format um and uh, that whole sense of community and and things like that it's 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 not a bad place it's not a bad place don't get me wrong like it can be toxic like it can you hear stories of kids playing games for you know hours and hours and hours on end and and doing bad in school and and just not you know having a regard for anything else like it can get toxic and certainly certain games can be toxic as well depending on the the mental age of of a child and where they're at or just age in general you know there is a right way of doing it but i think you know there's there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with it if you if you do it in the right way and at least respect video games for what they are as well. Yeah, and because I think there's all of those issues you can definitely compare to youth sports. I don't think it's such a big deal here in New Zealand, um, but I feel like particularly in America, you look at something like gymnastics where the peak age for gym, yeah. gymnasts is like 16. S- swimming, very similar. These people have to make decisions as kids and their parents are obviously involved in that decision making and it takes hours and hours and hours of training every single week and these people's yeah. entire lives get taken over by sports in the pursuit of greatness and there's something about sport physical sports that we kind of go well that's okay but there's for some reason a demonization of gaming going oh well, kids shouldn't be doing that but man the amount of stories about abuse of kids in sports you know mental abuse of of them not wanting to do sports Mm. anymore and parents and coaches pushing them too hard i was reading a really interesting book over lockdown that spoke about um the mental capacity of of young people in sports who spend hours and hours and hours of their lives teenage years growing up trying to be professionals and then when they decide not to do that anymore their brain is left with this massive hole of you've just taken away this thing that I got so used to and it can be incredibly damaging for their their mental health and you know depression anxiety is a massive part of young people in sports who then all of a sudden don't have that anymore so I think there's definitely um an unfair view of gaming as opposed to say sports and I think you're right so long as it's not necessarily about moderation because I know that kid in Fort, who won the Fortnite tournament must have played hours and hours and hours and hours. But yeah, it's all about nurturing and support. And I guess a few, th- if I was 
responding to say our parents generation not understanding gaming two things i would say is that gaming's more in line with crosswords and sudokus and that sort of thing than it is uh anything else like as that creative problem solving part of the brain that our parents generation have they just engage it differently Mm. and the next thing i would say is you know you and i love tv and film we talk about it all the time but if you think of the the brain activity in regards to gaming there's give back you are putting things into what uh you're seeing you are responding to situations and engaging whereas tv and film it's a one-way medium you Mm. there's something and you're watching and you're not really engaging with it whereas you know gaming it's it's a it's a give and take and i could say that you know doing no gaming i still understand that you are responding to what's on the screen the screen is responding to what you were doing with your console and it's a circle and it is all that positive strategy and and all that good brain stuff going on yeah 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 exactly exactly and i mean there's so much for the future of gaming as well you know and who knows where it's going to be? I mean, like, as we were saying before, tournaments, you know, like all of that kind of stuff, filling arenas to watch people play video games is already a thing. Um, you know, I look at like movies like Ready Player One. Have you seen Ready mm. Player One? No, I haven't seen it, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm no Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the whole kind of, um, you know, VR world and an immersion and that it will be forever growing. You know, I, there's also a, there's also a movie called the gamer. Uh, it's called, it's got Jared Butler in it. Um, and the whole premise of that, not, this is a bit of a dystopian, not something that I want to happen, but the whole premise of that game is, is that there are people controlling real people. Um, and like there's a first the first person shooter is that real like the, these kids are controlling convicts convent convicts uh, prisoners they're controlling yep. prisoners so these prisoners are meant for death row kind of thing but they control them in this first person shooter so if they die they die um, and it follows this one kid who's like the absolute champion and Jared Butler plays his um, his avatar who he controls um, and it's their journey together kind of thing um, the, on the other side of that movie there's also people that control real people in an almost sims like fashion mm-hmm. um, and it, Look, like I said, it's a dystopian movie. There are some scenes in it that are very uh, borderline freaky, but you know whether gaming <laughs> moves into something like that, or maybe that's the kind of movie you should watch and hope that gaming doesn't move into something like that. It's it's really interesting to see where it's going to go. But I think VR, it's already ex, ex, you know already here. It exists. I think that's going to be the real big future of gaming. It's that yeah. next level set of immersion where you are in the game and you're f- and you know then then it almost not that it becomes a sport you know but it it's that physical activity it's that you are controlling this avatar thing but you're you know you're moving running you know doing all of the actions kind of thing you are immersed in it i feel like that's where gaming's going to go and then i don't know whether people start getting a more appreciation for it in that sense you know instead of just sitting on the couch and just using a controller or sitting on a chair and mouse and keyboard kind of thing but i feel like the more interactive that gaming gets, the more personable people will be with it. They'll get yep. it. You know, they'll understand. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's where it's going to go. But um, 
you know, for for you, I was gonna one make another point. I think something that you should look forward to, whether you'll play it or see it at all. But there's a there's a Hogwarts game coming out. I'm aware of this game. You are aware of this game, aren't you? I'm aware yeah. of this game. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I've said, I said to Fran when I saw the trailer, I was like, this is going to be my first gaming expense for <laughs> yeah. a long time. And I'm going to yeah. play that game because it looks awesome. And that's it the does. thing. Like, if, it, if gaming can tick something, you know, I, yep. I, Harry Potter is such a huge part of my childhood. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, if you can create a game, and fill it with content that I have nostalgic appreciation for, and I know those mm. characters, and I want to explore that world. Then all of a sudden, gaming's for me, you know. So yeah. it's funny yeah. that you've 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 pointed that out. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. excited. I'm very excited. It looks so good. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy is is the name of the game. I think it's coming out. I don't think it. I don't know if it's. I think it's next year. It might be 2022, depending on how COVID runs everything out. But actually, another thing with COVID. Uh, gamers have absolutely reveled this year you know because we're at home we're gaming you know it's what we do so uh, uh, something like covid and something like that's obviously stopped a lot of of the world and it's in, in that sense of you know things like that whereas video game content has not stopped and it's just been pumping out this whole entire year. And I mean, that's something I could talk about for ages as well. The old, the old content creators, um, you know, when it comes to organizations and things like that. There's an organization that I follow quite religiously. It's called 100 Thieves. And it's based in California. And it was created by this guy called Matt Haig, who's called Nade Shot. And he used to be a professional um, Call of Duty player. And he played for a company called Optic, I believe, Optic Gaming. Anyway, he finished the scene and he decided, I'm going to start my own company. And so now he's partnered with Scooter Braun and I'm pretty sure Drake. I'm pretty sure Scooter, Bra- Scooter Braun and Drake. Scooter Braun, obviously, the uh, Justin Bieber, um, Usher, you know, manager, Ariana Grande as well. Um, they have shares in 100 Thieves. And 100 Thieves is worth millions, like millions. And it's a content creator and also an esports organization as well. So they have merch, they have their professional gamers that go and play in Fortnite tournaments and League of Legends and and Call of Duty. Um, and then they also have content creators as well who basically these people create content, put it on YouTube or they stream on Twitch and 100 Thieves literally pay them to be under the banner of 100 Thieves. And it's just such a cool way of connecting with the community and getting behind a name or a brand and enjoying the content that they're kicking out you know it, it's it's such a big thing and i mean 100 thieves is only is only only one pin in the in the in the haystack of needles you know there's so many organizations all around the world um but content creating is is something that i at least want to get into very soon um i've really started appreciating i mean i've been watching it for years youtube and twitch and things like that but streaming is something i really want to start doing i absolutely love video games and i feel like i'm an entertaining person i want to start putting the two together because they're two big things that i love doing so i want to start streaming you know get a setup and and let people tune in and watch me play video games live you know that's that is part of my dream so um watch out watch out on the horizon guys it might happen i'll let you know um but it is it is honestly definitely something that i'm considering doing like actually getting a full pc set up um and just start streaming because like you're saying man people make money people make money from it man it's people tune in 
And if they enjoy your content, then they can pay you for your content, you know? Um, I I will one day become an online male entertainer. <laughs> that sounds sexy, man. Yeah, that sounds, that's, a, that's a little sexy title. Um, yeah, I think even just hearing you speak about gaming for the last hour or so has made me really, you know, I don't have to get it. I don't yeah. have to participate in it, but I can understand your genuine passion for the thing. And I think mm. that's, that's all that matters. And that's part of why I was interested to hear you speak about it is just to give you kind of free reign to just talk about why you love this thing. And I think there's so much about gaming that people who are non-gamers just don't, we just don't understand. Don't and get we it. just, yeah. Yeah. we just turn it into people twiddling their thumbs and stuff happens on a screen <laughs> but that's any craft right like painters you know you yeah. watch someone painting in front of a canvas for hours and hours and hours and you don't bob ross you don't man understand bob ross. It. like people that are i don't know pro- professional tempin bowlers or whatever you look at them you're like yeah i like bowling a little bit but i don't want to do that for hours and hours everyone has their own own thing i think yeah. gamers in particular are can be really misunderstood and really mm. demonized, particularly mm. because it is a generational thing. I think people over the age of just I don't know, 40 or whatever just do not understand. Yeah. And yeah, I think just shining some light on why you're passionate about gaming and, and all the real positive things that come with it, the community, the, the problem solving, the escapism, as you said. Um, yeah. I've just really enjoyed hearing you, you share, man. So thank you so much. No, thank no, thank 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 you for letting me, man. Honestly, I, I think it's something that I've wanted to share and talk about for a while. So the fact that we're here, um, thank you for letting me ramble. Honestly, um, but well, not ramble. It was concise to a point. I, I like you said. I think I got my passion across, and like I said, I'll, I'll continue to do it, man. I, I absolutely love it, and I'm looking forward to all of the new games coming out. As soon as the PS5, I get my PS5, man, I might have to go on a little hiatus for a little while, bros, and and just <laughs> jam some of that for a while. But um, I did also just want to say a big thanks to my mum. Like honestly, when it comes to gaming, she has supported me throughout all of it, you know, and look, don't get me wrong. It's just a hobby for me. You know, it is just an interest, but the fact is, is that I remember coming home some days, jumping on the PlayStation and mum would sit next to me and watch. Like she loved watching me play video games, the stories, the immersion of it. So thank you mum for letting me just go for it and can for it, continue to let it be my passion. Um, and another shout out to RJ and Tane, honestly, love you boys. We play every night. Um, and yeah, we will continue to do so. So thank you very much, James. Thank you. Thank you for informing me and, and our listeners. If, if you're not gamers out there, I hope you've learned something. If you are gamers, I'm sure you've been sitting there wherever you're listening, just doing absolute, absolute snaps. I am very much looking out forward to uh, looking out forward, looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. Um, yeah. And before we go, I have to shout out the few games that I did did play in my youth. Um, shout out to Star Wars Battle, not Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars Battlefront yeah, Two. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront shout Two. Shout out to mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings: uh, Return of the King Three on PC. Ooh. My two Ooh. gaming loves, the only two games that have ever been for me. I still remember you. I still miss you. I said I never gamed, but I know those two games would be sad if I didn't shout them out. So that's about all I've got to offer. Um, anything from, from you before we go, my man? That's it, man. Honestly, I think if you play video games, keep going. Keep going. Reach out. Play something new. Play with different people. 
get people playing. I mean, like I said, I think video games is going to have a really big future um, going going forward, especially in maybe a COVID world. Um, so try something new. Try something new. Push, push some boundaries and um, have fun. Just have fun. That's all it is, man. We're all about having fun. To everyone out there listening, thank you so much uh, for your continued support as we sort of head towards Christmas and December. And thank you again so much for listening to everything through our Movember uh, Mental Health Month. Um, where I hope everyone listening is, is has enjoyed that that content and and has enjoyed us sliding into something different for today. Um, thank you as always for listening. Thank you, Matt, for today, uh, and to everyone out there. We will see you next time. Peace!